Good morning. My name is Frank Briggs, and uh, if you haven't seen me or uh, seen me in a while, <clears throat> I'm glad to be with you today. I, um, well, there's just so much in my heart that I want to share today. I'm going to get a little bit of it out, but I'm not going to get all of it out because we'll be here all day, and um, that's not going to happen. So I want to begin by saying a shout out to... Uh, the Hobbs family, some of you know the Hobbs family. Scott and Michelle were part of Revive Texas two years ago, and they, they remain dear friends. And he sent me a text yesterday. He said, I hear you're going to be preaching tomorrow. And I uh, said, we're going to be watching from Ohio. So Scott and Michelle and Lily and Maddie and Link, God bless you guys. We're so glad you tuned in with us this morning. Uh, I, as I mentioned, I've got a lot on my heart to say today, so uh, just hang on. First thing I want to do is I want to speak for a moment about uh, a challenging thing, and that is I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about the United Methodist Church, because it's been in the news. Uh, and you're aware, many of you are, that the United Methodist Church has a general conference which is responsible. For, they're the only body that can vote to make decisions for the general church. And they had a special conference this past week, just lasted a few days, around the issue of homosexuality and our, and our, and our denomination's stance on that issue. And they voted, when it was all said and done, to essentially retain the wording as it stands, the, the, the position, if you will, as it stands right now, uh, which, which basically says that we don't believe that homosexuality is a lifestyle that God wants a person to live. Uh, and I raise it to you today, and I bring it up today, even though it's not a fun thing to talk about, because everybody in this room has <clears throat> people who are in the LGBTQ category, uh, and we love them, and we care about them, and there are people just like anybody else. And lest anyone would throw a stone and say, well, they're, they're, because of their lifestyle, they're further from God than I am from God, let's remember that we're all sinners here. Every single person in this room is a sinner. And we are called to love and to be loving uh, and to continue to be loving with people uh, no matter who they are or where they're from. I've said many, many times, the only people that are welcome in this place on a Sunday morning or welcome in our church at other gatherings or meetings or whatever are people who are alive. If you're dead, don't come. Okay? And it's a little bit of a joke, but, but I'm really serious about this. One of the great challenges that the church has faced is it's treated people throughout its history of different cultures, of different lifestyles, as though they're second-class citizens. There's no such thing as a second-class citizen before God. Amen. If God's going to toss out second-class citizens, then he better start with me because I'm a second-class citizen. I am a sinner, too. And so we at Lighthouse must be a place where we love. There will be more conversations we'll have about this. <clears throat> Pardon me. There will be a meeting in the next month to, to have this open discussion about it and to visit and share your hearts about it. I hope that you'll come when we announce that. Now, over the next few minutes, I'm going to give you what I believe are four gifts from God. The first gift is I'm going to introduce you to your new lead pastor. The second gift is I'm going to give you the gift of gratitude. The third gift is the gift of choice. And the fourth gift is the gift of song. 
<clears throat> so let's get to the first gift. I'd like to introduce you to myself. <laughs> Wait a minute, that is not right. <clears throat> I'd like to introduce myself to you. I can't speak either. I am uh, I'm Frank Briggs. I am the lead pastor here. I am a new person. I am an absolutely new person. God bless you, Bobby Cohen. This guy's amazing. Go, Bobby Cohen. I get to work with people like, like that. Man, what a blessing. Um, if you haven't been here in the last two months, you're, you're looking at me and you're going, who is this guy? I've never seen this guy. <clears throat> I've been out because of a complication that arose as, as a result of radiation therapy that I got last fall. Many of you know I had my prostate removed eight years ago. These are things that we don't typically talk about. They're personal things, but I, you know what? I'm... I've tried to be very clear along the way in my journey with you that transparency is really important for a pastor. And so I had my prostate removed. Subsequent to that, my PSA kept rising up little by little by little by little. And last June, Chris and I went to the doctor and he said, I think you need to get radiation because your PSA keeps creeping up and we're going to nail it with this radiation. Well, I went through my radiation and as a result of the radiation, I had started having some complications, and those complications resulted in me having a fissure. If you don't know what a fissure is, Google it. It won't be a happy thing for you to discover, because it's not a happy thing. Uh, it it uh, pretty much was debilitating to me. Um, I um, had surgery eventually to, to repair this fissure. But i got to tell you that, it is, that I've experienced the most debilitating pain that I've ever experienced in this life. And I'm not talking about just a momentary kind of pain. I'm talking about pain that would go on for hours and hours and hours. That was my life, my world. Chrissy can tell you about the pain that I have been to her uh, in the last couple of months. Uh, because when, when you're not happy... You know, there's not any conversation that, ten, that tends to be a rosy conversation. Am I right? Can I get a witness, right? When you're not happy, it's, things don't go well. And I was not happy because I was in pain. I moaned a lot. I groaned a lot. I laid in bed and moaned and groaned a lot. And I'm just owning it with you. Then finally I had the surgery to repair it. And seven and a half weeks ago I had that. The doc tells me I should be healed in another five weeks. I came in here today at the, at the end of this previous song. I'm going to go out after, this, after the message is done just to try to maintain my stamina this morning because I've not done this in a while. And believe me, it takes a lot, it takes a lot out of you. Um, so I just want you to be aware about that. Many of you know that Chrissy, while this has all been going on, has been also having testing. She had a, a visual disturbance in her eyes. If you read my emails, I encourage you to read my emails when they come out. Uh, uh, she um, ended up with a plethora of doctors and tests and all that. And they thought she maybe had giant cell arteritis. They thought maybe she had MS. They, had, they ruled out most things. <clears throat> but also, consequently, she's had a series of migraines. I'm actually amazed that she's here this morning. When I left the house this morning, she was in no shape to go anywhere. And she showed up here. And, yeah, she's going, yeah, God, God, is the, God is the healer. 
Um, she has battled and battled and battled migraines. In a, in, and if you've had a migraine before, I have never had a migraine. But I'm around her when she has the migraines. I know how debilitating they are for her. And it's a work of God that she's here. <clears throat> they found out, pardon me. As a result of all the, <clears throat> that's no better. As a result of all the testing, uh, as a result of all the testing, they found by accident a tumor on Chrissy's right kidney. And I say by accident because you and I both understand that's not an accident. Uh, and so she had her tumor removed two and a half weeks after I had my surgery. And uh, we're trusting that everything was removed. There are some questions about all that. And she's getting a, we're getting a second pathology report. <clears throat> Pardon me. No. Thank you. Uh, she, uh, she is recovering <clears throat> from her surgery. The tumor was cancerous. Um, she is not fully recovered yet. Neither am I. Uh, we will have more questions answered about her condition in the coming weeks and months ahead. So for the last two months, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking about this, for the last two months, basically, I've been on my back. The only positions that have been comfortable for me were standing up and laying down. And because I lost so much weight, the standing up became more difficult as time went on because you just start losing your stamina. Uh, here's a picture of Chrissy's and my life for the last two months. On the bed, with the dog, with dog toys, and the television, and our phones, and that was kind of my life for the last two and a half months. And there were times where we'd look at the dog, and the dog would be like, can't we find somebody else to come in here and do something with me, to hang out with me? Because, you know, she's like looking at us like, you guys are deadbeats laying here on the bed, right? <clears throat> so I, um, first thing I want to do is just reintroduce myself to you and to say again, I am a new person. I am a new person. God is doing new things in me. And I will be rolling out some of those in the, in the weeks and months ahead. But I just... I just got to tell you, I believe that God, what God has done in me is about look out Lighthouse because there's amazing things that God has got in store for this church in the future because of you and because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in you in this church. The second gift is the gift of gratitude. You, I could never say strongly enough how deeply grateful I am for you, for the way that you've loved on us from afar. Uh, you know, uh, there were people uh, on the board and the Barnabas team and staff that were really trying to protect us and trying to be careful around us and, and not to overdo us and not send people to the house, all those kinds of things. But I just we were overwhelmed with the sense of God's presence in the midst of all this because of the prayers that you've given, uh, because of the food that we received, because of the cards that you gave and the cards that we've still received, the videotape that, that was done uh, uh, over Christmas time was amazing. And, and we're just so grateful for you. I could never say it strongly enough. Thank you for who you are and for the ways that you have supported us in this time. I also want to thank the incredible staff. I mentioned them already. Uh, it was it was amazing to me and wonderful to me and, and a God thing to me to see Lighthouse excel without me there. Lighthouse didn't miss the beat without me there. And I, as I'm laying there, I'm, I'm going, well, I need to get back so they can remember who I am, right? <laughs> but um, everything about Lighthouse 
continued in just the profound way that it does. I want to give a shout out to uh, both Bobby Cullen and Dan Morris for the exceptional preaching that they brought. They're, those guys are brilliant. They're amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, you know, uh, the two Saturdays before Christmas, I didn't know I had a fissure, and I, but I knew I had this pain. And uh, I, was on, it was on a Saturday, and it was maybe 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock, and I'd been struggling all day to try to get my notes pulled back together for the message that was going to happen the next day. And it, was, it just hurt so bad that I finally sent a text to Bobby and Dan with a white flag attached to it saying, hey, I, I give up. I, I can't do this. One of you guys is going to have to jump in there the next day. So Dan did. And while Christy and I watched at home, Dan started his message that day, something like this. He said that, he said, you know, he explained that I couldn't be here. And he said, I'm sure that for some of you, uh, showing up today is a little bit like, uh, and w- showing up today without Frank being here is a little, about, a little bit like opening all your presents on Christmas morning. You open all of them and, and you don't get the one that you wanted. And, and he said that in humility. But I, but I just, I want to I call him out and say that's just a big fat lie. <laughs> because Dan is an incredibly gifted guy. And we are so blessed to have him and Bobby and all the staff team that we have here. We are, we are incredibly blessed with the staff that God has brought here. And, and part of what I want to say in this is that one of the things that I've learned is something that I've promoted for many years, and that is that... I've carried the lion's share of the preaching for many years here, but one of the things that I've always dreamed of and wanted to see happen at Lighthouse was to have more people involved in the preaching. And we're at that place now where I believe that needs to happen uh, with more frequency because part of it is it gives everybody a a different diet of of things to digest from different people, uh, which is good for everybody. You know, it's good to have a varied diet. But part of what it does for me, just selfishly, is it gives me an opportunity to, to, to not feel like I'm on the treadmill every single week. Because it is, it is many weeks, it's like a treadmill. Because it's, it's, you know, Sunday happens, but then Monday comes, and then Sunday's coming again. Pretty much every week on Sundays, after worship's done, after the last service is done, Chris and I might go out to eat somewhere. We, most often we, we just go home because we're toasted. Uh, and I sit in the chair, maybe watch a little bit of golf or something, and I'm reflecting on the day. And uh, pretty soon, as I forget and start stop thinking about the day, I start thinking about next Sunday. And and that and that pressure just begins to grow again and grow again and grow again. And this this routine, me being out for so long, and 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 just the experience that Lighthouse has had with my absence just reminds me about the importance of having variety on Sundays. Next week, I will start a series on the 23rd Psalm uh, that will take us through Lent. And after Lent, I'm going to be doing a a series of couple, just a couple of messages that's really going to be geared for unchurched people about things the Bible doesn't say that has to do with a lot of the different things that people throw around about God out there. But I want to get back to this thankfulness and this gratitude, this gift of gratitude I want to celebrate that the, the children's ministry is doing exceptionally. I want to celebrate that, uh, that in my absence, we hired a new youth director. Yay. Praise God. Right? Uh, we are so blessed to have Garrett here. Uh, um, Bobby calls me and says, hey, I think this guy is, is 
is somebody we should really look at. So uh, he sets up a meeting with and Dan and Bobby come to my house and, and Garrett so I can meet Garrett and, um, and I'm in my pajamas. And so we, we did, I did this interview in my pajamas. And I, after he left, I like going, well, I don't know if that would be a good thing for him or not. If he's wondering, what's the problem here? This guy's in his pajamas. But anyway, um, it's, it's just so wonderful to see. Uh, thank you, Bobby, for keeping our board informed and for making that happen. And we're, we're so blessed to have Garrett and his wife, Christina, who I've, never, who I've not met yet. I'm, looking, I'm hoping she's here today because I'd, I'd like to meet her. I haven't met her yet. Uh, and, and then there's all the rest of our staff, Kelly and Jason and Gigi and Debbie and Jesse. These people are all God-loving people who are professionals, and we are so blessed to have them. Can we give a shout-out to the staff? I want to also, I mentioned them already, uh, talk about just briefly about the board and the Barnabas teams. They have, they have been so loving and encouraging in this time that I could never express it uh, greatly enough. And the last thing that I would mention is, uh, I, I, I kidded about it a little bit ago, but I want to give um, accolades and thanks to my dear wife, Chrissy, who, who struggled with me in this time, who, who was there the whole time, and who, I just, I couldn't have done it without you, baby. And I, I'm not going to do this life without you. And I love you, and thank you for all you do for me. We, we, we joked because I had my surgery, and then two and a half weeks later, she had her surgery. And, I, you know, we're, we're quite the pair, you know, <laughs> laying in bed, you know. And uh, Chrissy joked because she said, we, we spent Christmas, Christmas Day in bed. Uh, and she said, and it wasn't really any fun at all, you know. <laughs> so uh, thank you for loving me and being, being the, the shining light of this world for me, baby. But the gift of gratitude I want to give to you is something that I've also been convicted about in the Bible, and that is that, that I don't share enough gratitude in my life for you and for people that I encounter, for strangers that I meet. I, 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 want, to be a, I want to be a stronger positive influence in people's lives because of what lives in me. And so I want to, I want to the gift of gratitude I want to give you is a, is a blessing. I want to, I wanna, because you know, with your mouth you can bless or with your mouth you can curse. And I want to bless you today. I want to I I ask you to receive this blessing. And I want to ask you, those of you who may think, well, I'm not worthy of a blessing. This is a blessing from God. It's not, it's not, it's not a frank thing. It's a God thing. You are worthy to receive a blessing because of what God has done for you and in you. So, so I pray this day that the Lord would bless you and keep you. This is from number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And the Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace. Oh God, these beloved people that are seated before me and maybe watching at home are dear, dear saints. And I pray that you would pour into their lives by the power of your spirit so that they might find the direction, the purpose, the love that all of us desperately need. And may that fill them today, and not just today, but all week long. In the name of Jesus, let the church say amen.
And let me share with you the third gift, the gift of choice. One insight that God really drove home for me in my darkness. It has to do with this tension between dark and light. And that tension has to do with choosing dark or light. I said a little bit ago that my condition was one that caused me more physical pain than I've ever experienced. Debilitating pain. Pain that caused me to moan. Pain that would not lit up. At times, even though the doctor never said I wouldn't die, at times, there were times where I thought, I'm going to die. This is horrendous. And it was, it, it was like that old joke about the doctor that says, I've got good news and I've got bad news. The good news is, you're not going to die. The bad news is, you're not going to die. That's the way I felt. And I began to wonder, you know, was this it? Is this over? And in, that, in those times, I felt a little bit like my soul was being attacked by Satan. There was so much darkness. I began to have empathy for people who have debilitating pain. And I had a new appreciation for the, the uh, hydrocodone and oxycontin uh, epidemic that's going on in our society. Uh, because, yeah, well, I didn't take much of it, but I, but I didn't take much of it for other reasons, but I, but I began to realize that this kind of pain, of how debilitating it is, incessant, on and on and on. And so I can't, I, there were times in, my, in the darkness where I just like, Frank, you got to shake out of this. you got to get out of this. You're, you're going down a dark road. And I, I, because, I, because I was in such pain, it was hard for me to read. I would try to read things, and I couldn't read because you can't concentrate when you're, you're just debilitated. So I'd use my phone, and I would read Bible passages, but that was kind of fleeting because, I'm, you know, you, just, you don't feel good enough to even read that. But the thing that kept bubbling up in me was Romans 8.28. And Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Read it with me, would you? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. It says God causes everything to work for good. It doesn't say some things. It says everything. It says God causes everything to work for good for those who love God and we would say that, that part of what Paul is saying is that the opposite is, is true. If, if you don't love God, everything's not going to work together for good in your life. And then the third part of it is, and we are called according to his purpose for them. And really what I believe Paul is trying to con convict us about is that too often we say, I love God. I've accepted Jesus. We get our fire insurance when we accept Jesus into our lives, right? I've saved myself from damnation because I've invited Jesus in. Paul is saying, no, you got to go the next step, and that is you got to wake up every day, and you got to say, God, I want to follow after you today too, not just a week ago or a month ago or 10 years ago when I accepted Jesus. you got to do it every day. If you're going to be called according to the purposes of God, you've got to decide when you wake up in the morning, today is going to be an amazing day because I've got God on my side. What are God and I going to do today? 
You see, I, 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 this is one of those passages that gets misinterpreted a lot because it says God causes everything. And then we say, well, wow, that means that God, that everything that happens is, is ordained of God. Well, maybe not so much. If you look at the history of the church, for hundreds of years, there's been a great debate in the church about what God causes. If you're a Calvinist, you would, you would be inclined to say that more things uh, are orchestrated by God than maybe not. John Calvin, the French theologian who, who, who developed that, that doctrine of predestination that even says that, that essentially says that, that if you've accepted Jesus, it was because God wanted you to accept Jesus and that those that don't accept Jesus, God doesn't want to accept Jesus and too bad for them is essentially one of the main doctrines of Calvinism. And as opposed to that is, is the doctrine of Arminianism. Uh, Jacob Arminius lived about 50 years after Calvin did. And Arminius said, you know, wait a minute. I believe that God is, is working. God is orchestrating. God is moving all the time. But, but, but there has to be room for free will to be exercised because I believe in free will, in free choice. A, a hard-nosed Calvinist might say, might say that if somebody gets run over on the street by a car, that God ordained that to happen. Whereas an Armenian would say, no, that person got run over by the car because the person who was driving wasn't watching what they were doing. And my point in bringing this all up is, is to make the point, it doesn't matter which camp you're in, if you're a Calvinist or an Armenian, and by the way, I'm an Armenian, uh, the Methodist movement was founded uh, in large part on this concept of free will and choice. But regardless of which side you fall on, what Paul says is that everything works for good only when you and I are tethered to God. We have to be connected to God. We have to choose God, choose the light instead of the dark. And that's part of what I was wrestling with in the darkness that I had when I was fighting through this. Someone might say, well, if you take this to extreme, Frank, and I agree with you that it doesn't matter how you view the net rationale behind the things that happen, how is getting in a car wreck and dying for your good? How is that good? If God works together all things, you get in a car wreck and you die, how is that for your good? And my response would be, well, I'm going to be doing in that moment a lot better than you are because I'm, I'm going to be in heaven. The moment I die is the moment I go to heaven. That's good. Huh? Right? Paul reminds us in a little bit later in Romans, in the 14th chapter, verse 8, he says, whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. Whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. What a gift that is to know that truth, that peace. Another passage that was drilled into me is a similar one from Jeremiah 29. This is in a dark time for the nation of Israel. Um, and this is, I'm going to read verses 10 through 14. Uh, Jeremiah says, This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. 
I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Now, this is a prophetic word from Jeremiah to the nation of Israel about them being carted off to Babylon, which eventually happened. And that God said, I will restore you. But did you hear what it says? Because it's, it's a theme that Paul uses, Jeremiah's theme Paul uses when he writes in Romans 8. Because this theme is there. In, in Jeremiah, in verse 13, it says, it, God says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity, restore your fortune, fortunes, gather you out of the nations, and at love at the end, and I will bring you home again to your own land. God's going to bring you home. But it has to do with choosing to follow. Some of you here today are, no doubt, in dark times. It's, it's a part of our human condition. We struggle with that from time to time. And I want to encourage you today to choose to follow the light because what you need to understand is God wants to use those circumstances that are going on in your life and, and He wants to use that to, to, to develop you, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to help you be a stronger person. So rather than looking at the darkness and, and being despondent and saying, woe is me, instead choose to look at the light and say, hey, you know what? God is using these circumstances in my life to make me a better person. That has been my mantra throughout these last couple of months. I finally had to, had to, I finally had to start saying to myself, God is using this to make me a better me. And, and, and many times a day, I would, in, when I was in the pain, I would say, God is using this to make me a better me. Trying to convince myself, but the more I said it, the more I understood the power behind it. Because it wasn't just words, it's about the power of God living in me, rising up in me, making me more than I am. Now, there's a whole ton of things that I've learned and a ton of things that I've thought and been convicted about about our church that I'm not going to share about today because I don't have time. I'm still praying through it, and I haven't shared a lot of it with our leadership either. But I will tell you this. Our mission at Lighthouse Fellowship is to make Christ followers who change the world. And I believe that Fort Worth had better look out. I believe that Tarrant County ought to ought to look out. I believe that the state of Texas ought to look out because I believe that the thing that God is getting ready to do here at Lighthouse is, is going to be transformational for our world. Not just this church, but I believe for the church as a whole because I think a new day is coming. And, and I believe that, that God put a new pastor in position in this church just now because of the work of the Holy Spirit that's going to happen to change lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So look out, world. Jesus is coming. Now, he's coming someday for sure, but his, his spirit is going to be filling this place in ways that we haven't experienced it before because of what I believe God wants to do in us and through us for the future. And if you want to be around for, to experience the work and power of God, then hang around. If you don't care about the work of God, then go hang around somewhere else. Because this is going to be a place where we are going to be pining for, longing for, thirsty for the power of God and allowing His love to lead us, to choose to 
walk with God, to choose light over dark. I believe this choosing light over dark, let me use a little illustration about it, is a little bit like taking our dog Trinity for a walk. I have a picture, another picture of Trinity. This is Trinity with her paws up on the ottoman at the end of the bed because I've just said the magic word, and the magic word is walk. When it gets late in the day, Trinity will come and seek me out and look at me like, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Right? And, and I, I am careful, and Chrissy's careful to not to use the W word, because if you use the W word, she's going to go nuts. When you say walk, she starts barking, she starts jumping, she starts going crazy. Now, I, 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 I don't know that I think too much of myself, but let me say it this way. I think that maybe the main reason that Trinity wants to go for a walk is because she's going to get an opportunity to smell everything. That's what dogs do. I'm going to go smell everything that's out there, right? But uh, again, maybe not thinking too, much, too highly of myself, but I think part of the reason she loves the walk is because I am a captive audience when we're on a walk together. She gets my undivided attention. She knows that she's safe as long as she's on that leash and that she can do whatever the heck she wants because I'm going to take care of her. And I believe that's an apt image for us to think about our spiritual lives and how we need to give our leashes, the leashes of our lives to God. And that as we give the leashes to our lives to God, that we stay tethered to God. And when we stay tethered to God, then we have the ability to look for the good in the middle of the bad. And then God changes everything to make it work for good. And profoundness happens. So why wouldn't we want to walk with God every day? Listen to how Paul ends the 8th chapter of Romans. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at the right hand of God, pleading for us. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing at all in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why wouldn't you want to walk with God when you hear that? To allow God to take our circumstances and help us find the good and make us better, make us more of the person that we need to be. A final gift that I would share with you today is a song. Part of what Christy and I both have done in this time is, you know, sometimes we're just laying in bed and we just turn Pandora on 
Christian radio, you know, various radio stations that we have. Just, you just, you're just trying to listen. And this song bubbled up out of uh, listening time. It's, an, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a song called Untitled Hymn. But, but part of what is so significant about it for me is that this Untitled Hymn, in the verse, various verses, it talks about various stages of our lives. That sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes life is great, but the common denominator, and you'll hear it in the song, is that it's all about coming to Jesus. It's about coming to Jesus. So uh, as a result of hearing it enough, I became convicted that um, I needed to get my guitar out, which I used to play a lot, Um, but I'm going to play it today, and I've asked JR and Kelly to help me do this because they'll make it sound good. <laughs> but I, I, it's, it's a gift. It's a, it's a gift of humility that I give to you to remind you about what is really important. And it's about coming to Jesus. Hold on a second. Weak and wounded sinner, lost and left to die. Raise your head, for love is passing by. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus and live. Oh, now your burden's lifted, carried far away, and precious blood has washed away the stain. So sing to Jesus, sing to Jesus. Sing to Jesus and live. And like a newborn baby, don't be afraid to crawl. Remember when you walk, sometimes we fall. So fall on Jesus. Fall on Jesus. Fall on Jesus. Sometimes the way is lonely, steep and filled with pain. So if your sky is dark and pours the rain, cry to Jesus, cry to Jesus, cry to Jesus and live. Oh, when the love spills over and music fills the night and when you can't contain your joy inside then dance for Jesus 
Dance for Jesus. Dance for Jesus. And live. And with your final heartbeat, kiss the world goodbye. Then go in peace and laugh on glory's side. And fly to Jesus. Fly to Jesus, fly to Jesus, and live. Fly to Jesus, fly to Jesus, fly to Jesus, and live. Let the church say amen. Thank you.